Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Howlin' Hoops podcast. As always, it's Kyle and Tom, and we have another interesting podcast for you guys. <laughs> the the Wolfpack, they play with their heartstrings, man. I tell you what, this that Clemson game was something else. And it's sometimes games like that, they're almost indescribable as a Wolfpack fan because you don't really know what to say about it because of how chaotic it was, the back and forth, the highs, the lows. I mean, it's, it is that game, I think, was the definition of what cardiac pack is. Yeah, it was unexpected to say the least. But we pulled it off, so somehow, somehow we did, and um, all thanks to Mister Clutch, as as he is known now in the Wolfpack Nation. I mean, DJ Horn has been he's been on a tear, man. I mean, he, he I mean, it just it's amazing what th- this guy is doing over the last six, uh, six seven games, just. Basically, I mean, for him, I think the the basket feels like, you know, like he, I don't even know, like just like the the rim is just the length of the court, essentially. Like everything he's throwing up, it seems to be falling in. He's shooting so efficiently from the floor. He's, you know, he's obviously doing other things well on the floor. He's, you know, he's making defensive plays. He's helping getting out in transition. He's getting rebounds even, you know. So he is he is all over the floor, and he has really found in these last six games, whether we have won them or lost them, he has really found his stride. And I think, and I think it's starting to rub off on, uh, I think, on pretty much everybody else in the sense that they're starting to play a little bit better themselves. Yeah, I mean, seven out of the last ten for Horn have been 20-plus um, with a 15- and 16-point game in there as well. So, I mean, he's been lights out, and he's the catalyst to us winning against Clemson, winning against Georgia Tech, and staying in the game against Wake. And, you know, we're going to need this. I mean, maybe not this level for the rest of the year, but somewhere close to it. Very close to it. I mean, it's going to, we definitely, he's not going to be perfect. And, you know, obviously he hasn't played perfect and, but it's been near, it's been pretty close to it. You know, he's basically done everything that we have asked him to do and then some. So it's just good to kind of see, all of the all of all of the teammates kind of rallying around that and you know they are trying to find him the ball whenever they can and it's almost like kind of we've kind of I know you and I have talked about this a while back and you know probably in the middle of the season we weren't really sure who the guy if we had a guy that was going to be the guy to get us out of a slump or just to get us a bucket when we needed to. And I think we had that issue for most of the year. And now it's, it really falls on the shoulders of DJ Horn and with a little bit of a sprinkle of DJ Burns, 
DJ Burns is finally kind of getting into his rhythm. Yep. I, it, 14 points, six and nine shooting. That's so act so efficient. We've been harping on his efficiency all season long. And the, these last few games, he's finally realized, okay, I'm not a, I, I can't be this pass first guy that I was at the beginning of the season thinking that all of these guys have figured me out. And then it just got to the point where it was just mental for him and he wasn't really producing. Now he's like, well, screw it, man. Like we might not have anything. We really don't have anything else to lose at this point. He's like, I'm just going to do what I know how to do best and find a way to score the basketball. Plus with four assists, zero turnovers. I mean, that's the numbers that we saw DJ Burns do last year. And he's kind of getting back into last season's form where he's, you know, we're not playing him 35 minutes. You know, yes, he was also in foul trouble this game. But still, like, his efficiency lies in that 25 to no more than maybe 29 minutes where he, we can get him in, giving DRA and Middlebrooks a break or either one of them if they're not on the floor with him. But finding a way to just use him in the way that we know how to use him the best. And I think Keats has finally learned not, I guess not learned, but he's finally figured out a way to utilize a few of his players efficiently. I think it, it, yes, it took till February, but it's kind of what you get when you deal with the transfer portal. Yeah. Um, the other thing on Burns is like the four assists means that our guards did a good job of moving you know, without the ball, mm-hmm. um, Horn had two great backdoor cuts in the second half. And that's something we haven't seen all year. And it's something that I kind of harped on, um, about, um, who was it? Ali Khalifa at BYU, how they were utilizing him. You know, the, the two backdoor cuts came off of not burns in the post. It was like burns caught it near the top of the key. And because Horn's shooting so well, they're trying to deny him the ball. And he goes back door and Burns finds him for a couple easy layups. And those two both were at big points in the game where it was like, we might let this get out of hand, but no, we were starting to cut back into it, cut back into it, cut back into it. And I mean, it's something we need to see more of. We need to see that from everybody moving off the ball when DJ gets the ball so that they're so that teams can't just, you know, double and have easy rotations. Um and yeah, I mean, it was a good job. It was good to see from him, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. And another player that really, really, really helped us in this win was Mo Diara. I mean, he is he's a guy that's really found his role too well. And he's starting to shoot the ball better. You know, I always, you know, when we you know, when I've seen him at the uh at PNC. Every time he's thinking about, you know, shooting, I've got a, I got a couple of people behind me that always are like, no, don't shoot it. Like they're like screaming at him to not shoot the ball. But he's gotten better with his shooting, man. I I can tell he's definitely been working on it over the course of the season. Um, But yeah, I know you and I have kind of talked about this. It, he needs more minutes and it showed in that Clemson game. It, 34 minutes. He had you know, nine rebound, almost a double-double, two blocks, four offensive rebounds, which is crazy to think about because how we talked about how big Clemson is. 
the fact that he was able to get four offensive rebounds and create second chance points for us, that was the difference maker. And it was something that, you know, I think that we don't really see in the stat sheet where it's like those hustle points and, you know, people fighting for loose balls and everything. Diara did that dirty work. And I think that is really the reason why we came out victorious in that game is because those last few minutes of the game where we've kind of, you know, maybe played a little nonchalant, we, we buckled down and we, 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 I think won those last four minutes because we just, we had that grit and that determination to, you know, keep fighting to the end. And I think that's, it's one of the good things that Keats does teach. It's like the game is never over. You know, obviously you don't want to be playing from behind, but, you know, play with pride and play with, you know, a lot of effort. You know, he's always talking about the effort, but I digress. Yeah, the funny thing about uh, Diara, he is shooting from three, 18% at home, but on the road he's shooting 64% from three, (laughs) which is really odd. But, yeah, I mean, he's been a great, you know, spark for us these past couple games, and, I'd like to see more of them, whether it's, you know, with Burns or with Middlebrooks or just by himself as the as the five. I mean, he's he he can do it all and he brings just incredible energy, three steals, two blocks like that. That's really good. And I, I mean, I just I, I just can't fathom the fact that there was games in the middle of the season where he just just wasn't playing mm-hmm. and. I mean, yeah, five minutes against Ole Miss, five minutes against Tennessee, three against St. Louis, one against Detroit Mercy. Like, that, that is just wild. Um, But, yeah, he's just been a great, great spark for us these past couple games. I mean, the only, you know, somewhat slight negative take that I have was, you know, our free throw shooting, 68%, Casey, four for eight. But, but – we did get to the line 22 times, which is something we hadn't seen, you know, in a while. In a while, for sure. That's something that needs to continue because we do struggle to score at times. But if we're able to attack the basket and create fouls and get to the line, that's the easiest way to score. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And, um, you know, having Diara out there, especially starting the game, that was a a really, I think you and I both agreed, that was long overdue, the yeah. R starting. It it's was t- Taylor's time, been struggling. Yeah, it was time to have Jaden Taylor kind of come off the bench, play as more of a role player, because I think when the games that he starts, which has pretty, been, pretty much been all of them, yep. he's, I think, tried to think that he's kind of the star when reality – he is definitely more the role player, and DJ Horn is the star. So Absolutely. I think now, I think that game really kind of helped Jaden Taylor understand his role a little better, provided a great 12 points off the bench, three rebounds, and even a block. I mean, he shot the ball decently well, and it wasn't like he was forcing shots either. There was, I think, yeah, he maybe missed a layup here or there, but when it in the grand scheme of things, he he didn't feel I didn't feel like he was forcing anything, which I feel like he's done all year long. 
And the fact that he was able to kind of just let the game come to him by coming off of the bench, that kept our momentum and our rhythm throughout the game where it wasn't somebody trying to play hero ball. It was, it was really, I didn't feel like we were playing a lot of isolation ball. And I've said that many a time what that, you know, that's something I despise greatly. And I was really even if we ended up losing that game, I still would have felt okay because of our, our game plan to eliminate a lot of one-on-one isolation ball and moving without the ball. And, you know, Jaden Taylor cutting back door and DJ Burns finding him for that, uh, and one layup. I mean, I, the only person that I had seen do a back cut this year was Dennis Parker Jr. And then that was it. Yeah, like that, I mean, it was great basketball to see because it was finally showing that when we move without the ball, think good things can happen in our offense. Yeah, especially with a guy like Burns who can pass the ball super well. I mean, mm-hmm. and then having guys like, I mean, O'Connell. And I mean, if we move like that, it makes scoring the ball easier. And, you know, I mean, we didn't talk about O'Connell, but he had four, five, and three. Like, that's that's a good stat line. I mean, it's not great, but it's it's solid, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, going going into next week's games, um, Torvik, which is one of the metrics that, you know, the committee looks at, um, they have us as a 4% chance to make the tournament. And that, which means we cannot lose the next two, probably even the next three. We need to win out in February and win them, win at least one of them by a solid margin. And the next two, specifically Syracuse and Boston College, are teams that we can beat. Boston College being a team we did beat, but it, it just really depends on whether or not, you know, the team that played Clemson shows up or the team that played Pitt shows up. And we have mm-hmm. to come out and play each game like it's our last or else we're not going to the tournament. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that, I think our team chemistry has started to kind of come a little bit together. And even, even though we have lost a couple really close games, I, I do believe that we really have started to find our rhythm and our momentum, hopefully going into, you know, the rest of the season. Um, One thing I did want to touch on um, that you and I kind of mentioned in the, well, that we mentioned in every podcast, but especially the one about Clemson, the last one was, um, you know, we were talking about, you know, the rebounding uh, deficit and about how it's important for us to win on the glass that game. And I'm looking at the stat sheet here and we actually, we out-rebounded them by, no, we didn't out-rebound them. Never mind. We didn't out-rebound them, but... We kept it Uh, close. We kept it close. And that was a big thing because, you know, they have, they have good guys. They're going to get some offensive rebounds and that's fine. But, you know, we had five offensive rebounds. They had eight. They could have had a lot more because of how good Shefflin and, you know, Clark and PJ Hall are, you know, at attacking the glass. Shefflin only had one offensive rebound. Jack and PJ Hall. Yeah. Had two each, you know, but, 
other than, you know, those guys are their big guys that are going to get a lot of offensive rebounds. And the fact that we only held them to eight total, that was a big, big help because we got Shefflin, you know, feeling really uncomfortable and not really being able to do what he wants. And he finished with two points. Yeah, I mean, to me, he was the guy we really had to key in on because of his ability to affect the game without without the ball, you know, offensive rebounding, uh, uh, setting good screens, getting open off them, you know, just using his body to to get solid post position and whatnot. And, you know, he, he didn't he didn't hit his threes, but that's. It's what it is, what it is, you know. Yeah, you're going to have bad shooting nights. It is what I mean, nobody's going to be perfect, but it's it was it was great and reassuring seeing us actually being physical on the defensive glass and even on the offensive glass because as we've harp on it all the time about how important rebounding is, you know, we have won the rebound battle in games and lost and we've lost the rebound battle in games and won in others, so but I think in this game, it really mattered to limit the amount of offensive rebounds that they got. And I think we did a great job of that. And I think that's ultimately part of the reason we won is because we didn't allow Shefflin to get to a spot to be able to get an offensive rebound and create a third, fourth chance opportunity where that kind of is a momentum killer for us. It's been a momentum killer for us for quite some uh, quite a few games when we've been able we haven't been able to get an offensive rebound we give people opportunities to you know drain the clock when they're up and you know so i think i think that was good um yeah i'm, I'm very happy about that uh, i saw i saw something on twitter uh the other day i i can't find it anymore but i did see something it was like all of the games this year it's like you know people we'll say that Keats doesn't, you know, he's not a good coach and everything. And, you know, they're upset with, you know, how his coaching style is and his philosophy. I will say this year has probably been the best year I've seen him draw up plays like inbound plays, like towards end of halves or end of games or something as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm it was, sure. You... Uh, it was a uh, Michael Tracy, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I saw that, it, I didn't really think about it until, you know, I kind of read some of the, th some of the things that, you know, plays that he drew up. I mean, when he drew up the the game winning shot for DJ Burns against Notre Dame, that was the game tying and the game winning. Correct. So kudos to kudos to Keats, man. I mean, he's, I think he, I think we don't give him enough credit in that area and I want to give him his flowers for that essentially. Yeah, I mean, kudos to him. You know, he's improving in it somewhat in an area that in in years past has has been a struggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, all in all, I mean, that game was was insane. I mean, I definitely definitely had not much confidence when we were down twelve with like seven minutes left. I was just like, ah. We might cut the lead a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be enough to really get it over the edge. And we just kept we just kept fighting, man. 
I mean, even DJ Fallon out with like five minutes left, you know, he was on a roll. He was kind of helping us on the offensive end. He was doing pretty good on the defensive end. And it just. And Horn caught fire at the end. What, two threes like uh, in the last, you know, Mm -hmm. five minutes or so? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, even him, he was just, it just was so automatic for us and just helped us on the offensive end. And it it just, when I saw Burns go out, I was kind of, kind of kicking myself because I was like, ah, well, that might have been our only real chance to kind of stay in this game if he was on the floor. But Diara and Middlebrooks, they both stepped up in a way that that was unbelievable. And they they really played their heart out. And I'm very, very pleased with how that game ended up turning out, obviously. Absolutely. I mean, it, it keeps us alive. Gives us a slight chance. So 4% chance, to be exact. Yeah. Or it's like Wolfpack fans have hope again. It's a bad thing. <laughs> That's a bad. That is a, that is a bad thing. Oh my gosh, uh, Wolfpack Nation, we don't get your hopes up too high. We'll we need to make sure we stay even keeled. But yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll go on to um. Well, what a what a crazy game. We'll we'll take the win on the road, especially we just gritty win. We'd love to see it. And now we'll uh we'll shift on. gears. Yeah, we'll shift gears and uh we'll go to Syracuse playing them at home. You know, we played them last month and it was not the uh not the game that we as uh, Wolfpack fans were hoping for, to say the least. Um, you know, coming off of a really, really tough road loss against UVA in overtime, you know, a lot of back and forth, a lot of emotion. I, it looked like we were just exhausted from that game, knowing and as we were going into the Syracuse game, playing, you know, in that big dome. It's just it was it was tough. I think we just really came out flat. We just we didn't we didn't come out with enough energy, and it 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 bit us. It bit us, and it was just an off game that we had. And I think I think this time around we'll. We'll definitely be better prepared, uh, obviously playing at home, which always is a plus. You know, we need that, you know, PNC crowd to get, you know, loud and, you know, disrupt Syracuse in any way we can. And um, I know I know Wolfpack Nation will be all over the Oscar winner, as we uh, as we so call him, uh, Judah Mintz for his uh, his flopping antics. Yeah, I mean, he shot what 18 free throws uh made 14 of them in a four, in a 20 point effort in the last game if we can just contain him and just keep him off the line don't fall first pump face it, it just changes the game completely you know mm-hmm. i mean they just recently lost to georgia tech and as a team they only shot 17 free throws like the fact that Judah alone shot 18 against us is crazy. It's just crazy. Um, and I know if he starts flopping PNC, we're going to get into it. Like it's going to get louder every time he flops and every time the refs fall for it. But, you know, hopefully, I mean, hopefully the refs aren't buying it tomorrow night. 
Yeah, we hope we don't they don't buy it, but even if they do buy it, in a sense it might help the crowd stay in it. You yeah, know, similar to like the the weight game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, when when Keats got ejected and it was just like bad call after bad call, the crowd was into it anytime. Like it got back into it anytime a foul was called, even if it was a foul. Because we were so pissed off. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rightfully so. But it I think I think obviously we can't, you know, put anything on the refs essentially, no. but I know for a fact that if they, you know, do kind of fall for those those flopping antics from Judamints and I know I know PNC is gonna be, you know, up and at them. You know, there could be a I, I am I am predicting a Keats technical in the uh on Tuesday. I, I am predicting that he will get a technical for uh, a few of the flops that Judah Mintz does and, you know, be at on home floor. So, you know, he'll probably get the, you know, the fans hype and rowdy and I'm hoping he does at least, but I would like to, I would like to see him, you know, have a little bit of fire and be like, if, if it ever comes to that, which, you know, obviously hope not, but at the same time, it could be beneficial in our favor, just like it was against Wake. Yeah. Um, another guy that, you know, played really well against us was, was, uh, JJ Starling. Um, he had a good shooting night, 26 points, but like, I don't think we played bad defense against him. You know, he was just making tough shots and, you know, he's going to make some of them. He's a good player, but, you know, hopefully some of that doesn't, doesn't continue. Um, and I mean, that's just for, for everybody on their team, you know, they don't take great shots at times. Um, but I mean, they're solid basketball players. So, you know, sometimes I make them and, and hopefully, you know, they don't, I mean, that's, that's, it is what it is. Um, and then one more thing, uh, Benny Williams was a guy who had a solid performance against, uh, against us. 11 points, five rebounds, but he was recently dismissed from the team um, after getting in into it with their coach. Um, and now <laughs> they're lacking, you know, size inside. So we, we just really need to dominate the glass and dominate the paint. Whether that's, I, I think Keith will go back to the four guard lineup and take, take uh, the R out just because of matchups um, with Syracuse. But still, like, we need to go to Burns to start the game. And even if we want to play DR, I think DR can match up with uh, their four. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if we're able to out-rebound them, keep them off the offensive glass, and make them take tough shots, I feel, I feel pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they definitely, like, had their best shooting night against us. When oh, yeah them and so i definitely think that they will not come out as hot against us yeah i'm sure they'll make some you know shots here and there and i'm not not worried about that and i'm not but if i had to put money on it i would say that they are not going to shoot as well in pnc as they did um at home and i think if we can take advantage of that early 
you know, we can kind of go back to our style of play, which we did really well against Clemson. We, you know, forced turnovers. We got out in transition. You know, we got easy buckets. That That's our game. And we've kind of had to learn to accept that. We've done a good job of, I would say, I will say we've done a good job of finding other ways to score and not having that be our only primary way of scoring um, throughout this season, because, you know, we've had some off games where we really haven't had any transition points and yet we've still found a way to score the basketball. Um, I think in years past, if we weren't really doing that, if we weren't getting out in transition, it it just wasn't just was kind of looking like an ugly game essentially. So I'll give ourselves credit for that. Yeah. Having a, yeah, not having Benny Williams is huge. And um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they'll probably put Burns in, you know, they'll start him, take DR out. And it'll be interesting to see kind of how Keats wants to, wants to kind of bring in Middlebrooks and Diara like he did against Clemson because they both played solid minutes. And oh, yeah, they, 20 plus minutes for both of them. I mean, yeah. uh, DR was over, over 30. 30. So. Yeah. You know, that also kind of probably had to do with, you know, DJ being in foul trouble. But it had to do with that and, and the matchup because it, it felt like we had to have uh, two of Burns, DR, and Middlebrooks in there at all times to match up with uh, the likes of Shefflin and Hall and then mm-hmm. uh, RJ Godfrey off the bench. Um, they like to keep two of them in at all times, basically. So, yeah, I mean, th- this game isn't the same where – because they don't have Benny Williams, now they're down to like three, not even three, like two centers, and that's it in their front court. Um, so they're running out a bunch of guards, and you know, I feel like, like I said earlier, I feel like Diara can match up with some of their, you know, slower guards. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, that'll help us on the offensive glass and the defensive glass where, you know, we're, we'll get extra shots and limit their extra shots. So, you know, may, maybe we will see the same lineup run out, but I I want to say that, that Keats go back, goes back to the four-guard lineup but brings DR on pretty early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say I'd say DR probably sees the floor within the first two and a half, three minutes. Yeah. I mean, at, 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 the, at the least, I think, because – you know the Syracuse is they're they're a they're a scrappy team. They're long. They're they're quick, and yeah. if having our guards in there are going to be is going to be the really the main thing that we got to worry about to make sure that we are kind of hanging with them at least as far as you know our versatility and our speed and our agility. Um, I would really love to see a breakout game from a uh, Casey in this one. Yeah. I would really, really just lo- I would really love nothing more. Cause he's we're gonna at some point we're gonna need someone to step up because as much as I wanna think DJ Horn is gonna keep scoring 20 points or 20 plus every single night, you can't bank on it, you know. You um, can't. So we need one of uh O'Connell, Casey, Jaden Taylor. Middlebrooks off the bench to give us something, you know. Middlebrooks gives us six. O'Connell gives us eight or nine. You know, Casey gives us 11. That's more like it when if 
if we don't need uh if or if horn doesn't have the shooting night that he's there's the shooting nights he's been having you know Right. Yeah. And, you know, because that could immediately change in a heartbeat, you know, knock on wood that it doesn't. But, you know, these teams are going to start figuring out that DJ Horn is, you know, the bread and butter of the squad. Well, no, team teams know it. It's just that, like, some of the shots he's been taking and making have been. They've been deep, deep. they've been they're a little bit of a chef curry heat checks a little bit yeah they're not quite on the like i wouldn't i wouldn't classify them as bad shots like like some of the shots that t took last year were bad shots you know some of the some of the shots that horn or horns taking are like yeah they're deep but they're you know in the flow of the offense and i'm not upset with them yeah like last year t would Come down just on the pull. break on the break with 28 seconds left in the <laughs> yeah. shot clock and shoot a three from seven feet beyond the line. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing, dude? You uh, there's nobody in front of you. They, yeah, they'd be so frustrating. But I mean, obviously he's a great player. And yeah, but, we're not we're not knocking him. It's just no, not at all. Shot, some of the shot selection was questionable. So like yeah. like even when we shoot early in the shot clock when we're on the transition, like I feel like even those, those are better shots than what some of like Turquavion was taking last year. Like, oh yeah, DJ Horn gets a ball in transition, or Michael O'Connell and Casey or Jaden Taylor are down the floor already. Like, yeah, that might be a good shot because if you're practicing that, and you know Casey can shoot, and you know Jaden Taylor can kind of shoot as well. So. It's a it's a kind it's a give it's a give and take kind of thing. So you really don't know what you're gonna expect when all that happens. But I, it just it it just irks me more when you know we have an opportunity to score and yet you know we're it's 25 seconds left in the shot clock and we're already shooting up a three like mm-hmm. right right out Ooh, of the game. Moves sometimes the ball. sometimes if it's open that's fine, but like if you are kind of slightly guarded and yet you still take it. I, I, it really does. It really bothers me because I'm like, you've just ruined a whole possession. Like if you miss that, that a whole possession is just wasted. I think we, we didn't have anybody rebounding. Yeah. About like a couple games ago to see if we can actually, you know, get an offensive rebound, get a second, third chance point or whatever like that. So it just, it just bothers me sometimes. I think horn horns probably earned the green light to do it whenever. Um, mm-hmm. But but others no, unless they're like, you know, open on a rake running down the wing. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, I mean, this is these two games, man. We we need them. We have to have them. Yeah, have to have yeah. to have to. Yeah, we have to. Will we? Uh, <laughs> will we see another uh, L.J. Thomas sighting in this Syracuse game? Uh. I wouldn't be surprised if we do because I mean I'm talking about our uh, about their guards how they're they don't have any depth in the front court and they're playing a ton of guards our, our guards can't play the whole game so yeah so Breon will probably get minutes LJ might get some minutes yeah definitely we'll see um, maybe some Cam Woods you never know with Keats he might throw Ernest out there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bless Keats's heart, man. I'm really interested in what what did Benny Williams say to his coach? I would love to know that. 
I don't know. I'm not good at lip reading, but did he, or no, I don't think he said, I don't think he said anything in the clip that everyone looks at, but I think it was the, it was the wake when they wait, when wake played Syracuse, he took Benny out the game and Benny just like shoulder checked them going to the bench. And then like a day later he was dismissed from the team. So who knows? Yeah. Oh, brother. I mean, it's just some of these kids' ego just gets in the way. Well, nah, dude. Benny Benny Williams is solid. He's a really good player. It's just like it, it didn't make sense why he wasn't getting he wasn't starting, wasn't getting, you know, good minutes. It didn't make any sense. So I mean, I I get his frustration, but at a at, especially at the college level, you have to be able to control your emotions, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, especially with the with the way the transfer portal is, like if if you're upset with your coach, play it out, then hit the transfer portal. The way he took it, the way he d dealt with it, is gonna hurt him when it comes time to you know find a new team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really well said because you know that transfer portal is a is a mother and a half. So it's it's yeah. It it just goes to show that you just gotta you just grind just grind, man. That's yeah. the whole point of that's the whole point of sports, man. You you learn you learn how to deal with adversity, you grind it out, you know, it's okay to let out some emotion, but not to the point where you do something like that and then it hurts your reputation. Yep. Because that's that only that only gets you so far. You know, obviously it takes you like, you know, the, the famous saying, it takes years and years and years to build a character. And then one little thing, it takes, you know, it Take brings it all, the way. all the way back down. Yep. It sucks. It's just the way of life. But it is what it is. All right. Now we'll get on to the Boston College uh, preview. Um Last game, I mean, this was early in December, 84-78, went in overtime. And it all starts with Quentin Post, 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 and more post. Uh, he's our guy. We all we talked about him a ton. And we did a great job in that game with him in the first half, limiting him to just three points on zero made baskets. And the way that we operated in the Clemson game with the lineup of, you know, could hitting two of Burns, DR, and Middlebrooks is something – we will continue to see in this one um, to help deal with not only post, uh, but Devin McLaughlin, a guy we, you know, touched on a little bit um, who he's had a couple great games uh, since we last played them a couple, you know, 15 plus point per performances, including a 30 point uh, explosion against Georgia tech and, and limiting these two on in the paint and on the glass are super crucial. Um, and they also have uh, Prince of League Bay, another guy who, you know, hits a, hits a glass hard. Uh, mm -hmm. So just limiting those three on the glass with having, like I said, one of the – or two of those three guys um, in the game, it's going to be key. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully this game isn't – a quote-unquote trap game, you know, oh, if we yeah. find a way to, you know, beat Syracuse. I mean, it could have that potential uh, depending on what happens in the Syracuse game. I mean, I'm not going to say it's fully a trap game, but... No, you know, yeah, I wouldn't say it's 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 close to being a trap game. I'd say the... F 
at Florida State is a little bit more of a, a trap game, but I get I get what you're saying. You know, we, you coming into this game, you've already beat them. Now you're playing them th- at home. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it 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 it's a it's a tough one. It's a tough game where you're like, do we really need to get up for this? And the, the answer is absolutely yes. Like, yeah, every yeah. game in the ACC. <laughs> yeah, from here on out, we have to. These two games are going to be very crucial. And if we can win by a solid point margin in both of them, it's going to look really good for the resume, especially, you know, if mm-hmm. it, we don't, we can't afford to lose against these two teams at home. No, if you lose to both of them, if you lose to either of them, then you're looking at, you're going to have to win one uh, or two. Uh, you're going to have to win both of at UNC and home against Duke. Or actually, all three, you'd have to win at UNC home against Duke, and at Pitt to give you a chance. I mean, why don't we just throw half to win at Florida State, too? Why don't we just... just yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, true. Uh, well, so the scenario the scenario that I see of us of us making it is we have to finish the year four and two. With, um, the, with these last six starting tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So we have to... So And that would include all the games in February. So Syracuse, BC, and Florida State. And then win one of three against UNC, Duke, or Pitt. Mm-hmm. Five and one were like in, not the last four. We're in. We got a bid for sure. Um, yeah, four and two, and then probably a win in in the ACC tournament, and then we're, we're feeling pretty good. Um, but still like on the bubble and you can't have a ton of bid steals in like the lower conferences when in their conference tournaments and stuff like that. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a chance. Yeah, there is a chance and you never know, but like we mentioned before, don't get your hopes up. Just no. one game at a time. We'll see what happens. But one thing I, when I was looking at the, uh, the box score from this game, um, you know, back in December, this was like one of the the last games of the season where we were we actually had like balanced scoring from our starters. Like we have DJ Horn at 21, Jaden Taylor at 18, Burns at 17, uh Marcel at 12, and then he had uh I mean Middlebrook started, he had four points, got had four fouls, he was in foul trouble a little bit, so his minutes were limited. But you had Mo Diara who had eight points and 18 rebounds. So it's like we actually had a balanced scoring night, and I don't feel like we've really had a lot of those in recent past, with even with winning and losing some games. This could be another one of those games where we need everybody to step up because Boston college has a couple guys that can easily step up. Like, you know, you could have Claude L Harris step up, you know, McLaughlin, you know, post can post could have a fantastic game. Unlike when he did against us, when we played them in December you know, he's, and, he's still he's still at 18 against us. I mean, it, it was yeah, still a good yeah, game. He had 18, but I'm saying like not getting his first points until 16 minutes left. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. So like, we just need to figure out a way to, you know, do do what we did last time. Make somebody else on Boston College beat us, except for Post. Post will get his points. We understand that. Post will be able to do pretty much whatever he kind of wants. 
but he can't some yeah, he po- can't. at some point in the game because of just how big and how versatile he is. Yeah, we d- we just can't let him dominate where you know no Mm-mm. yeah where he's getting twenty five to thirty like we can't have that happen. Um, no. and you know we talked you talked about Claude Harris. I mean he didn't have the greatest shooting night six of fourteen, but if I remember correctly, he hit what an and one three. Mm-hmm. another three and then like a tough mid-range at towards the end of the game to I, we were up i'm pretty sure we were up pretty big and yeah he just they, were, like, they found a way to kind of come back and tie it with like a minute left yeah we were up 65 58 with four minutes left and then where I swear he did. Maybe I'm thinking of a different game that I was watching of them, but even still, um, I mean he's a he's a he's a good player. Makes tough shots. Yeah, no, he is a good player. Another big another big thing I I looked at in this game also. This was really I think the reason why we won. We shot eighty five percent from the free throw line, eighteen of twenty one. And I think, and I remember us shooting free throws late in overtime, kind of extending the lead, not letting them get back in it by missing free throws. That was a massive contributor to us winning that game. And I'm hoping that we can sort of, you know, for both this Syracuse game and the Boston College game, and for the rest of the season, find a way to just, have everybody be on the same page as far as free throw shooting. I know Keith doesn't like to talk about it, but, you know, whatever. I'm going to talk about it on this podcast, whatever. The fact that this game went to overtime is wild to me, looking at the box score. We outshot them from two. We outshot them from three. We outshot them from the free throw line. We out-rebounded them. We had more assists than them. Like, yeah, we had three more turnovers, but, like, Still, still, it was it was I think at that point in the season, you and I were both like starting to realize that we could stuff the stat sheet and beat teams in the in the stat column. But that doesn't mean that we're going to win the game. Yeah, I think it was like this game. It was kind of like a wake up call, like, oh, we need to find other ways, you know, to do the, the dirty work in between the stat line that will ultimately get us to where we need to be. And, you know, I think in that game, we didn't have a strong last four minutes. We, you know, I'm hearing, you know, that, you know, Keats wants to, I think in that halftime speech I heard during the Clemson game, he's like, when, you know, play each four minutes, like that's a four minute game, essentially like play, Play four minutes here, four minutes here, four minutes here. Just win the four minutes of each time you're playing before the media timeout. And it's a good, it's a good reminder that you know how much how many times that game kind of that half breaks up. It's like momentum can shift, you know, and and whatnot. But playing four minutes at a time, you know, playing together as one unit. It, it's it's a recipe for success and i think and i think we have the guys to be able to you know win four minutes at a time 
you know, we might not win all the four minutes, but if we can win a good chunk of those four minutes against, you know, decent, decently good ACC teams, that only increases our momentum and our team chemistry to be able to go out and perform the way we we have been. Yeah, and, you know, something that we've seen a little bit, uh, you know, in these last couple of games is that um, Burns hasn't been the closer, especially against Clemson. I mean, he was mm-hmm. he fouled out. Um, but in those la- in the last four minutes of the Boston College game, DJ Horn did not attempt a shot. Burns missed layup. Uh, uh, Taylor missed jumper. Casey missed jumper. Casey missed jumper. Burns turnover. Burns missed jumper. Jaden Taylor missed jumper. That's all in the last four minutes. And I feel like, especially now, we're seeing plays instead of being drawn up for Burns, and that's the only option. We're we're seeing plays where we have action that you know Horn is the main guy, but we have the second option to dump it down to Burns, which is better offense, you know, because mm-hmm. there's more movement, um, and I, and we need that to continue. Yes, yes, I think it also can create a third and fourth option if Marcel and Jaden Taylor are shooting the ball better. So yeah. it really creates four dangerous scoring opportunities. And if we can sort of find a way to get all those guys to be thriving at the same time, we're we're a pretty we're a pretty dangerous team if you really think about it. With those four guys being able to score at will, pass, move without the ball at will. It's a recipe for for success, and then you and then you can throw in Diara in there, get an offensive rebound, create a second chance opportunity, get a big defensive rebound on the defensive end. You know, I think, like I said before, these pieces are slowly have slowly started to form and come together as the season has progressed. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this last stretch, it finally just fits and sticks and really just is able to create a machine that is, I wouldn't say unstoppable, but pretty, pretty hard to beat. Yeah. Uh, you got predictions uh, for these games? Oh, well, um, Gosh, I mean, for Syracuse, I would say, I would say, our confidence has has been built off of that Clemson win. Um, I think we can come out and really force Syracuse to make some, you know, silly turnovers. We got to take care of the basketball in that Syracuse game. We didn't, we didn't do a very good job of that at on the road. Um, but I would say. I mean, Syracuse will probably play with a little bit of chip on their shoulders since they just lost to GT. But I mean, I could see if we can if we can make free throws, I could see us, you know, kind of pulling away at the end, probably winning by like maybe like maybe by like single digits, maybe like by nine or something like that, like finishing off like a 
like a 70, kind of similar to what our the score was um, when we played them. It might be like a seven, 79 to 71 victory or something like that. Close to what Kempom predicted, seventy six to seventy one. Oh, um, me and Kempom are tight, baby. <laughs> I think they're uh, gonna be. I think there's gonna be a pretty good crowd tomorrow. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know if I. I haven't seen anything about it, like on social media. But isn't the fiftieth anniversary of the nineteen seventy four team? Is that the? Are we recognizing them tomorrow? Um, is that tomorrow? I thought that was um. Is it Saturday? I don't, I don't know if that was a different game. Oh no. Um because we haven't done it yet, but it it's 50 years. Um let's see here. Um, yeah, because I remember getting a like an email or something about um like the promotions, but for some reason I don't um that's going to be Saturday, actually. That's the 50th anniversary of Saturday against BC. Oh, it so, is? Okay. So that that crowd will be – that crowd for BC will be electric. I'm I'm looking forward to that one. I think I think if we can do some of the little things right, we could beat BC pretty handily. But I'm not going to have any hope. I'm just thinking out loud, I guess. Yeah. What do you, what do you think with these uh, two games? I think we're going to lose one in heartbreak, like on a buzzer or like something like that. I, I just got, I got bad feeling, you know, Um, I say we, I say we win the Syracuse game. Cause I think the Benny Williams dismissal is a, is a big advantage for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, I, I think we lose to Boston college in like a heartbreak, like, buzzer beater or we have like a shot go in and out at the buzzer or something mm -hmm. like that um yeah kind of like what i said like it's not necessarily a trap game but if it if we do beat syracuse it creates a little more momentum for us with to have a letdown you know yeah yeah like kind of like, kinda like little... the, the the pit game mm -hmm. yeah the pit game like after the or after two wins against Miami and Georgia Tech, then lose to Pitt. You know, it's just frustrating. Um, but hopefully, hopefully get out of this week with two wins. Uh, you know, the, the Saturday game, like you said, uh, should be a big crowd at 2 p.m. So I feel like we'll, we'll get a bunch of people out there. You know, there's mm -hmm. nothing to do at 2 o'clock on Saturday. You know? No, especially at this time when it's chilly outside and yeah. people – you're not you're not gonna go to the pool because no pools are open, you know. Come on, you're, you're not trying to get a tan in late February, bro. I can't tan. I burn. I burn. That's it. Oh my gosh! Well, I can't wait for warmer weather. It'll be great. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I I do like the warm weather, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. But all right, guys. Well, uh. This has been another episode of the Howlin' Hoops podcast. We we greatly appreciate everybody that listens to this. Um, you know, we're slowly slowly growing over the year. We're we're very fortunate uh, to have all of you guys listen. Uh, those who do, 
Um, we really we're we're more than grateful uh, for for all of that. It, it it's been it's been it's been a pretty fun year to to do to kind of start this up and you know kind of get better as we go. And it's 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 been a fun experience. And I know Tom and I are very you know appreciative of all of you guys that listen. Um, you know, thank you for you know keep following us on Instagram and Twitter and keep liking us up and. You know, hopefully we can kind of you know keep this ball rolling and cre- create a little more momentum as the as the Wolfpack they're trying to create momentum too. So we we do appreciate you guys and you know this has been another edition of uh, this podcast and go pack baby. Yep, go pack. <laughs> <laughs>